Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. I am your host Sully once again and with me today I have John. Hello! And I have Ryan. Goodbye. <laughs> Close enough. And today we're going to be talking about uh, something very near and dear to my heart that I uh, inflicted upon the, the two of them. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers anime, The Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach. Great is an so, overstatement. <laughs> We're going to get into that, but first, uh, how have you two been doing? We'll start with you, Ryan. What is sleep? I feel that. What is sleep? Yeah, I've, been, I've been struggling because of the weather, and also my offshore team decided to call me at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, like four or five times the other day, so I have not had a good night's sleep all week, and it's like kind of sucking at this point, but wow. other than that... Other than that, I'm doing good. I got my turntable set up, and mid-shelf is plowing along, so... Nice, nice. Uh, before we start recording, you uh, graced us with some of the Earthbound soundtrack on vinyl. I did, so, yeah. Uh, I'm very proud of that one. Some of that. Yeah, I'm very proud of that one, and it sounds great. It's, like, kind of funny, also. I played Wish You Were Here, and my roommate and I were listening to it, and then I was like, I also have this one, and I whipped out Earthbound, and Wish You Were Here was kind of dirty, so it had a lot of pops on it. And then um, the Earthbound one was just brand new, and it was clean as hell. And he's like, whoever did this did a fantastic job because it has no pops whatsoever. And we just sat and listened to the whole thing, and then I've been listening to it on basically repeat because I love Earthbound, and the soundtrack is fantastic, and I want to get my money's worth out of it. Uh, so he's like, why the hell are you listening to Earthbound again? Like, he came home to... <laughs> He came home today, and he was just like, this again? Really? <laughs> Very but nice. I think it's fine. I, I posted this on Twitter a couple days ago, but, like, I've been... I got into a new habit of just, like, putting on a vinyl every day when I get home just because it's nice to listen to just some music, and when you do it on a vinyl, it feels like a whole other experience, so it's a good way to unwind while I just do, like, random stuff when I get home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And how about you, John? How are you doing? Oh, well, I'm doing just fine, I suppose. I mean, the new puppy's been keeping me very, very busy. Uh, it's been a little weird around here, but I'm still managing, still flying that plane, st and uh, dabbling around with pixel art a little bit. I want to do, I want to try to get more into that, so maybe we'll have some cool things coming from me. No promises, but we'll see. Can we get a pixel art of you flying the plane? Uh, you know... <laughs> with the pupper. With the puppy, uh, you know, g give me a few weeks and maybe so. Let me let me start with like something simple, like a bunny or a heart, and I'll let and I'll I'll go I'll go from there. So we'll see what happens. I'm gonna challenge you to recreate the pickle from Monster Hunter World in pixel art. <laughs> okay, do you want the uh oh who does the Monster Hunter animations? And oh, you know. Yes. Do you want me to do the NCH version, or do you want me to try to do, like, an actual rendition? Do the NCH version, because now that you mentioned that, that sounds much funnier. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll see what I can do. Okay. I expect that on my desk by next week. <laughs> well, all right. I'll try to make it happen. As for me, uh, I have just officially decided that I am going to be submitting my application to go to grad school this fall. So, uh, for the past few weeks, I, today, got the last of my recommendation letters from my professors, and I'm going to be drafting my letter of intent, so I'm really stressed, because it's like, 
kind of terrifying, but also really excited. I mean, I actually looked at an apartment today. I'm like, oh God, I'm picking out an apartment. This is real. I'm going to grad school. Oh, oh, uh, I didn't think I would get this far. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really excited. And I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, so that means I have this summer to like work on this podcast with you guys and like do as much as I can before I drop off the face of the earth because I'm going to be like... <laughs> writing papers and working in the English department all the time. Yeah, I guess actually, now that you mentioned it, I started looking at grad school too. I don't know if I'll be ready to go in the fall, but um, we'll see. Because I pretty much hit my breaking point with my job where I was just like, you know, I don't want to be in this position anymore. So I talked to my boss on Monday and he, uh, he, he was kind of okay with it, which was legitimately surprising. But I'm okay with him being okay with it because that makes my life easier. But um. Yeah, and uh, on top of that, I have a very funny piece of news that I think both of you know at this point. I know John knows because I silenced him with it after we watched the Mario anime. Oh my god, that, I never followed up with you on that. Oh man, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you go went ahead. away for like an hour. <laughs> I think I, I, I don't I know if I know you. what this is. Yeah, I was busy. I, uh, I am now ordained in the Life Church of California, so I can perform marriages in the state of North Carolina. Yeah, please, please explain on that, because that you just got to drop that in on conversation, and that was it. So, wh- what? Well, it's your fault that you got up and left, in my defense. I told you I would be right back, and I was back eventually. That is not right back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, go on, t- tell us okay, the story. Okay, so, reason I am now performing marriages in North Carolina is because a friend of mine from high school is getting married, and... She wants to have a small, intimate ceremony only with, like, close friends and family. And they were initially going to do just a courthouse thing and have a a nice dinner after. But she's like, you know, we could go somewhere in the park or something. We just have to find an officiant. And neither of them are religious. So she's like, hey, I've known you for, like, 15 years. Do you want to marry me? And I was like, uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the day I was talking to her was like, we were talking about like the wedding and stuff because I was helping her like plan a few things. She's like, "Oh, I actually have like a favor to ask of you." And then after she asked me, I was like, "Uh, this is not a favor. First of all, <laughs> you're, you're asking me to basically like wed you to somebody else. This is not a favor. That's a fairly big deal. Second, yes, I'll do it. But like, you need to learn the definition of the word favor." So oh, you know, donating funny. a kidney, just just getting your uh, license to marry somebody, you know, small, small favors, small favors. I actually didn't need to get a license in Wayne County, thank God. All I, all I have to do is sign the marriage certificate as the officiant, but, like, I ordered the paperwork just in case, because, like, if it ever comes up where, like, they need to be able to prove that they were married, and they see that I'm some random dude who signed their <laughs> marriage license, <laughs> I have to have the paperwork to be like, yes, here is my ordination certificate, and yes, I have condemned myself to hell in the eyes of the Catholic Church, probably, but I already <laughs> did that years ago, so it's not a big deal, oh, but, <laughs> yeah. That's have I'm either of you been, uh, this is such a hard topic to move on <laughs> <laughs> Have either of you been watching or playing anything particularly interesting? I, I will give you my blessing to move on to a new topic. How about that? There's the <laughs> there's the <laughs> Um Careful, well, the, the power's recent... already going to his head. <laughs> um, well, the recent season just finished up, so um, I'm kind of in limbo until the next season starts up, so not really. Well, 
Spotify is now offering Hulu if you have a premium subscription with them. So I have been getting way more into uh, certain shows I haven't been able to get to. Uh, I'm starting to finally catch up on Archer again because it was on Netflix and then disappeared. So I'm watching Hell that yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. Question about oh, yeah. that is, yeah. is Hulu offering Spotify? Mm, don't think it's the other way around. But, hey, you get really awesome music wherever you go. And you can get Hulu access with that subscription. And they did not pay me to say that. So you know it's good. <laughs> Are you sure about that one? <laughs> Uh, yes. If they paid me, I'd be a little happier and a bit more enthusiastic with it. But yes, that is a, that, I found that out like last week and it's been really awesome. We've been taking full advantage of that. Well, that's cool. There's a lot of good stuff on Hulu. Like I watch, oh, yeah. I've been watching a lot of like American TV on that. And, um, the, the Golden Girls is on Hulu. I what know. I know. Dude, you should what come is? by at some point because Cindy loves Golden Girls. So you guys oh, should definitely, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You guys are going to have a party. Yeah, there used to be when we first started this podcast. I had me and Austin had this idea that every episode I was on, I would like drop a Golden Girls reference as a joke. <laughs> like I would quote it or I like hide that. a reference. And I, I I started to do that, and I just got so lazy. I'm like, I don't know how in the world I can fit like a B. Arthur quote in the thing about Castlevania. So I just stopped. Doing <laughs> it. Um, like, didn't how am I supposed to work that with start this? On like our first podcast episode, because we all I commented how like your grandmother looked like B. Arthur. You said she looked like Betty White, and I'm like, I'm both flattered uh, and slightly offended because I, uh, in my college dorm room, when we first started recording it, I had a photo of my grandmother um, because she passed right before I went to college and she raised me. And and Ryan just goes in and goes, why do you have a picture for the Golden Girls on your like on your desk? I'm like, that's my grandma. And Austin was like, well, Sully, but isn't it, that it is you? you? So I mean, I I was. I mean, of... I do have like photos of like random actors and things. I'm like, oh yeah, that's Patricia Quinn. She was in Rocky Horror. I keep her photo on my wall because I'm weird. <laughs> no, literally, if it was you anybody know? else, I would have been like, oh, that's their grandma. But it was you. So. Oh wow. <laughs> It's the same um, as if, like, my grandfather looked like George Lucas. People would be like, Ryan, I know you like Star Wars, but why do you have a photo of George <laughs> Lucas? <laughs> Except he doesn't, but... God. Well, how about you, Soli? You've been watching anything yeah. or playing anything interesting lately? <laughs> yeah, so Bill's going to be very happy because I've been watching The Woman Called Fujiko Mine, oh. and I, I'm, I'm really into it. I'm, I'm halfway through the series now, so I need to, like, finish the rest of it. Um, and when that's done... I plan on starting, or I started the first two episodes of Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water. Uh, a friend of mine uh, is really into it. It was like his favorite anime when he was of my age. He's a little older than me. Mm. And um, it has an evil trio in it, like uh, the Grandis gang, who are basically the like Gaikatsu trio from Time Boken, but they're different, kind of. And like any anime that has an evil trio that are wacky and goofy, I'm here for it. So I... Actually, when I went up back to Greensboro to get another letter from a professor, I stopped into the used bookstore, and they had several of the ADV releases of Nadia, like the volume DVDs, and I bought like four of them for like two bucks each. Wow. And I have to, I have to watch up to episode five to get to where the DVDs started, because I got them, you know, they were kind of, you know, whatever I could find, but I'm really excited to uh, see those old ADV treatments of the show because I'm, I've enjoyed the first two episodes I've seen and after that I gotta find something else. I might actually have to watch something new like Mob or uh, <laughs> literally anything else. <laughs> Is there anything in particular that you guys are looking out for for the new season? 
I'm. It's not a, a TV show. It's a movie. But I, I mentioned this in the Devil Man episode, I think. But Tatsunoko, uh, their genie family anime, they did. Um, they're making a movie of it, and Duranjo, you know, my my queen, my goddess, my everything, <laughs> is going to be a guest character, and her and Speed Racer are like bandits traveling the old west. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on, but like, I'll watch it. Like, I'm hoping Crunchyroll or someone picks it up. I know that. Crunchyroll is getting Fruits Basket, and that's that's like the thing I'm really like. Me and Tori are both like like foaming at the mouth for Fruits <laughs> Basket because that was like baby's first manga, and me and Tori actually became friends. Like we've known each other for like almost ten years. Like we knew each other like we were in different high schools, but we knew each other when we were that age, and that was like the first fandom we kind of clicked with. So it's like we're really excited for that yeah i actually had dinner with tori tonight we um after we got off work we met up at a uh, all you can eat sushi place and we we had a full meal before will even got there and then we had another meal um, jesus yeah we, we got our money's worth it was 15 dollars for all you can eat we had to we had to get our money's bucks? worth that's awesome yeah it was actually a really good price the sushi wasn't that great but it was oh, it, it was well. fine we, it, i haven't talked to tori in a while outside of like all this stuff so like it was good to see her but i don't even remember what the conversation was about before like tori looks at her phone because it buzzed and she just went fruits basket <laughs> like out of nowhere and i was just oh. like what and she was like fruits basket comes tomorrow and i was like oh okay <laughs> oh wow that's funny it was really funny well, I don't have any anime per se that I'm looking forward to right now. I haven't really been keeping an eye on it. I will say, though, I've become a super fan of Rick and Morty, and I think the new season is dropping sometime this month, so I am excited for that. <laughs> don't bet on that one, Chief. Oh, really? Yeah, don't bet on that one, Chief. That uh, is that is a very hard probably not. <laughs> oh, really? I haven't been keeping an eye on it. I know yeah. the last time they were talking about was April. Is there yeah. issues, or? They, um... <laughs> Do you really want me to get into Rick and Morty right now? Because nah, I could we should explain. Probably move on. Let's just I move know. On. <laughs> Basically, like very very short version of it. The Rick and Morty production schedule is so behind all the time because they're always working on other projects. So like, basically, they told us they were like, it might happen this year, it might not. We don't know. So just don't bet on it. And when you see it, just be happy. Fair so, enough. Okay, that's pretty much it. Before we move on to our main topic, which is based on a video game, I just want to mention that like I've been kind of keeping up with some of the games that are slated to come out. And I'm excited for uh, Cuphead on the Switch. Yes. And the rumor that Persona 5 might be coming because of the Best Buy leak. Uh, yeah, don't... Oh, yeah, uh, I heard about that. Just as somebody who ke- who's like very in tune to like that entire group of everything, don't put too much stock into that uh, leak because... Best Buy has been wrong before about quite a few things when they've like leaked things in the past. So if it happens, great. I'll be happy about that, but I'm not betting on it. For me, it's I I don't I haven't had a, a PS4, so I haven't had a chance to play it. And I'm like, oh well, this will be a good way for me because I like. The, oh, I the want look. it on the Switch. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, don't get too excited before you actually see something. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like it's something I, I'm not really into Persona that much, but I'm I'm open to it and I'm kind of wanting to try it. So if it if it happens, I'll be like, oh great, this is a good way for me to do it. And if not, I won't feel like I've lost out on anything. Uh, and I think I think it was actually you, John, um, when Persona Five came out on the PS4. Like I only had like one game at the time, um, and so 
you were just like, yeah, Persona 5 is coming. It's going to be hype. And I had played three and four and I was like, I like it, but I'm not like the biggest fan. And then I got it and I was like, all right, I'm a Persona (laughs) boy again. (laughs) Like it was just it was really good. Like if you if you can get it on the switch, I recommend it. Like, well, if it comes out on the switch, I would recommend getting it. We've already talked. We've already talked at length about Persona 5, I believe. Oh, we had an entire episode dedicated oh, yeah. to oh, it. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to it, you definitely should. It's a good episode. And you haven't played the game yet, you definitely should. It's it's worth the it's worth the buy. Yeah. One one thing I'll also say real quick I'm really excited about is Link's Awakening on the Switch because it looks adorable. Oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. so many people like they're like, Oh, I don't like the art style. I'm like, look, I like any art style with Zelda and I like that he looks like a little like weeble wobble toy. He's adorable. <laughs> I'm very here for it. This is so pure. It's so comforting. I want it. I, I have a story about Link's Awakening. Um, I agree with the art style. I know why they're doing it. It's because the art style is based off of the photographs from the original Game Boy version. Mm. But that's an old art style that doesn't really translate well to a 3D game. So I don't know why they're thinking that's a smart idea personally, but also I have played Link's Awakening was the first Game Boy game I ever had. So that is like the game I played for most of my childhood. Like I've played that game, like completed that game so, so, so many times. I'm worried, although, yes, I am hyped. I am worried there is no possible way that that game is going to live up to my very lofty expectations. Well, I suppose only time will tell. Yeah. Yeah, like John said. Like, I even have, like, I've gotten, I got to the point in Link's Awakening where, like, I, I was so good at the game that I could do things that you're not supposed to do like physics glitches and whatnot so also like i got a rom hack about like two years ago from some guy on etsy that includes like linked links awakening new hero mode or something like that i forget what it was called but it was basically a fan-made rom hack that redoes all of the puzzles in all of the dungeons and redoes the order of the dungeons and just makes it absurdly hard and i was all for it i was like gimme and so you go through the first two dungeons without a sword what? like and you have to you have to get lucky to find the sword in the second dungeon. And what? like, I feel like you could probably have missed it if you didn't look in this one area. You have so to be very lucky. Well, I mean, you have to know what you have to you have to be good at the game. Oh, like that's okay. The whole, I was about to say, is this like a, like a random if RNG crap we got we're looking at here? No, no. <laughs> it's like you have to you have to know what to look for. You have to like get to you have to get to it. It was it's such a weird thing, but like I've played that game so much and so many versions of it that I like I'm gonna get it on the Switch day one without any doubt in my mind. But I'm just like I really hope that this actually lives up to my expectations. All right. Well, we will see. We will see because I'm definitely getting yeah. it too. I just know there's that Tumblr post I keep seeing with someone. It's like stock photos of cupped hands, and they open up and says, "It's for you," and it's just a little, it's a little Link's Awakening link. And every time it's like, <laughs> "It's for me, really?" Oh, that's cute. So I guess that's as good a topic as any to kind of segue into uh, the the great mission to rescue Princess Peach.
cast and crew info. This came out in July of 1986 in Japan. Uh, the director was Masami Hata. Uh, he had some TV credits, and he's still in the business. He's done uh, Diamond is Unbreakable, Initial D, Inuyasha, Ashida no Jo, um, and he's also done some movies. Uh, he wrote the script for Sea Prince and the Fire Child, which is a kind of famous anime movie, and he also did Le uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland, which is a movie uh, I've wanted Austin and I to do for the podcast, but he's, like, not a fan, and I remember watching it as a little kid, like, like, really young, so it's going to be interesting if we actually do that, um, but the Have you, have you thing, watched it since then? Does it actually hold up? See, Windsor McKay is someone I kind of admire because he's, like, the first comic artist in a way and he's he's kind of a staple and I've read his original Little Nemo comics before and they have this sort of bizarre uh kind of Oz like charm to them but the movie I have not seen so it's like I've seen the thing it, it was inspired by as I've gotten older I have not revisited it so I've watched a documentary on its very troubled Japanese US production and that's kind of where my interest lies so uh that he had that he had a hand in it that he was a director is what kind of fascinates me to see how he went from this to that mm. um and this was produced by grouper limited which he created he left madhouse and founded grouper after uh the dissolution of sanrio movie club which was the company that sanrio had to make the hello kitty movies where he that's basically what he was doing before this was all of the like hello kitty stuff mm. and so when that was gone uh, he made Grouper as a way of like doing his own stuff, and he reached out to Nintendo and said, Hey, would you like me to make a Mario anime? And he also still did work, I think, with Sanrio through Grouper, so I had to look and see some other credits, and it was like Hello Kitty stuff. Um, but it closed in 96, so it, he, I think this was their first production, and then they closed it, so it was only a decade that this studio was around before it, like, closed up shop and he went back to Madhouse. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, and some of the animation, or at least the finished animation, was done by KyoAni, so, like, again, it's like this movie is so weird because it's, like, touches so many different parts of the, like, industry at that time. Like, I wouldn't think, oh, yeah, KyoAni, that... They did the Mario anime, don't you recall? <laughs> um, and, yeah. uh... It, it and... Uh, the reason it was made was it was basically a big promotional thing. Um, when you went to see it in the theater, like you guys saw, it's only an hour long. It is literally 60 minutes almost exactly. And so what you would do is you would go into one of the theaters, and it was only Sochiku theaters that were showing it. And then after the anime was over, they would have like a video guide for the Lost Levels, which uh, I have to explain for some people... Mario 2 in Japan and Mario 2 in America are not the same. Uh, we got a redone version of Doki Doki Panic, and they just got basically a... They got uh, hard mode. <laughs> yeah, they got hard mode for Mario 2, and there's a very fascinating video on that by the gaming historian, if you there want like, a more... I was about more, to say the same thing. Yeah, a more in-depth version. Uh, this is yeah. just trivia I've known since I was a kid, because then... I was telling Austin, it's like, Austin's really into Disney, he's very into Kingdom Hearts, he loves going to Disneyland, he, like, is, he's very much into the mouse. Mario is my Mickey Mouse, like, mm -hmm. Nintendo is my Disney. Yeah. So, I have all of this arcane Nintendo knowledge that I love to, uh, 
to spread out into the universe. And the whole reason we're kind of doing this is I've known about this movie since I was a kid. And I saw it, like, in middle school on YouTube in the early days of, like, breaking up things into parts on YouTube. Oh, oh my God. And was, you, just, you just made me old. <laughs> I remember on one, of the, on one of the parts it had that comment saying, you have to copy and repost this comment on other videos because YouTube wants to get rid of anime on YouTube. And if you do not do this, they need to see that. And it was just the most embarrassing thing. That hey, people guess post. what? Anime is not on YouTube anymore. Yeah, basically. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So I I have all of this knowledge, and so I have been working on my Nintendo panel I do at cons, and I was like, oh wait, maybe we should do an episode on this ridiculous thing, and I should make them watch it, and you two were unfortunately the ones that said, yes, we'll watch it, and we'll do an episode on it. Well, see, yeah. I had been uh, lulled into a false sense of security with all of the Saturday morning cartoon versions of Mario, so I was kind of expecting something along those lines, and man, I was just not prepared for this movie. <laughs> See, I grew up on all of the, like, I have seen all three Mario cartoons, The Legend of Zelda cartoon, Captain Inn, I have seen all of them, and I love them for the sheer camp value. There is a podcast from The Hard Drive by The Hard Times, they're doing a Mario Super Show podcast, and I, today, in my car, I listened to their interview with John Stalker, who won was in charge of the Sailor Moon dub, the original dub, oh, wow. and two, was Toad on all three of those cartoons. Wow. So, yeah, I'm in deep. It's very pathetic. It's very sad. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I, I have, I've watched the American ones. I didn't know that there was, like, an OVA for Mario in Japan only, so I consume pretty much everything video game related, as you probably know it by this point. So, uh, yeah, I was I was pretty much down the moment you said Mario anime, and I was like, oh god, I gotta see this dumpster fire. <laughs> well, this is actually not the only one. There is uh, three more 15-minute OVAs based on fairy tales, Momotaro, Isunboshi, yeah. and Snow White, and then there's, a nut, there's uh, this weird Super Mario World, like Dora the Explorer thing, where like it came with like, a phone toy, and Mario would pick up a phone on screen, and then your little phone would ring, and Yay. you could answer... <laughs> Was it's it, really weird. I feel like there was like a safety training video and like some oh, like that sounds there's like a, a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> there, there's there's this there's this uh, fire safety and traffic safety like videos they would show in school on 16 millimeter or VHS. <laughs> I have the fire safety one, and basically there's a moment where these two dumb you Japanese wait, wait, kids. Wait, wait, you have that? I, I have a rip of it, not a physical oh, copy, but I, I have a rip. I was about to say, dang, Sully. I'm surprised you're holding out on me. <laughs> <laughs> and these two, dumb, these two dumb Japanese kids, and one of them has horrible teeth. Like, he looks like someone <laughs> punched him. That sounds very wrong when I say Japanese children, but I have to remind you, this was not made in America. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but uh, they go out into their backyard and start lighting fireworks, and the Mario and Luigi show them, like, no, kids, don't play with fire, and then go on to graphically depict them burning alive if they are not careful around fire, and it's horrifying. Now, quick, sounds quick like follow that one up to Australia, that. Is it sounds like that truancy ad in Australia where it's like the kids are too dumb to read when they skip school, so they accidentally go onto a beach with landmines, and they oh. literally start blowing up. And at the end of this commercial, you don't know what the commercial is for till the very end where it says stay in school. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. 
fitting because there's also one where Mario, Kirby, and Wario teach you how to read. Yes. Okay. I, I, you know, I've done something for this podcast episode that I have never done before, and that is a little research. I have surprised myself even on this. So, yeah, like, I remember reading that, and uh, as far as I'm aware of, this is the only, an- like, truly animated four-film movie of Mario that has currently been released. And if I read that correctly, there's talks about it one coming out either next year or, like, three years from now. They're kind of... I, I've heard 2022. Yeah, it's kind of... It's in the, they've announced a nerd-themed movie, so everybody's excited, and there's a probably 50% chance it will actually happen. Supposedly Illumination, the studio that makes the Minions, you know, the the bane of Facebook, uh, is the animation studio behind it, and that Miyamoto is going to be a creative consultant. However, how much of this information comes to light i don't know the last time they made a mario movie in the theaters was the 93 live <laughs> oh, action god which, I, I was hoping fact, we would never talk about this but geez. fun fact it was shot in north carolina in wilmington yep. in the no. old cement factory we are it ground was, zero for the mario movie that movie so also shitty. just you, you should look up like trivia about that movie on youtube because it is a trip to the point where like by the time when it started, the actors were actually excited, and then by the time it actually came out, they were just like, we just want to be done so we can be, like, gone with this dumpster fire because, like, it was not the same movie that they signed up for. Oh, yeah, no, I totally don't blame them. I would have been mad, too, if I had signed up for a movie like that, and it's like, oh, that, that, bleh. Yeah. Well, the no, script I went through think. so many revisions that it was like they had signed up for like this one really good movie like on the first version. And then by the time like version five came along when they were actually filming, it wasn't the same movie anymore. Yeah. You know who they wanted to play Bowser originally? Who? Yes, but I can't remember. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh, my God. I have the concept art. Oh my god. Mario, Luigi, you'll never take the princess. My Nintendo panel I do for cons is where I talk about all of the tie-in promotional weird material Nintendo has put out, like the Mario Ice Capades. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or I have so much. I could go on forever with it, and... And I every time I find something new, I find the best way to like spring it on the audience and have them like feel wrong. And when I say, "Oh yes, here's a sketch of Arnold Schwarzenegger as Bowser," and then they just all sort of go, "Oh, <laughs> I live for those moments." Oh, one right. of my favorites is I I illustrate each decade with a clip about Nintendo, and there's this woman, and under it's like a news report, and under her it says Nintendo Widow, and she's saying, "Oh yeah, my husband does nothing but play video games." all night and then it just shows a long pan out of her looking at her husband from across this bar they're at playing a game and she just looks so broken inside (laughs) i love it it's my favorite thing but we keep getting away from the movie so they showed this in uh such theaters and the first hour was the anime and the second hour was like a video guide to the lost levels and uh the same company that made grouper that made the anime also did some animation commercials for it, uh, they teamed up with Nagatenen, which is the, uh, like, they make furikake and, like, Japanese, traditional Japanese food and sell it in stores. So you have Mario brand uh, furikake, which is, like, a rice topping, and in the movie, like, Mario sees the star power-up, and he's like, oh, 
But then he sees the, the rice toppings, like, no, this is what I'll use. And he beats <sighs> Bowser with the power of rice toppings because this is a very, very branded thing. Wow. They had watches, cameras, phone cards. Um, it's it, it was basically a media mix as an excuse for an anime because Nintendo Nintendo has always been very weird about their properties. Uh, even in Japan, like people think, oh, well, the, the Super Show is stupid. You know, Nintendo in Japan would never do something just like a stupid commercial, and then this thing exists. Like, <laughs> back back in the I, early I'm sorry, days... Japan has done a lot of stupid things, like, in the name of marketing. <laughs> like, back in the early days when what we had was just nothing but, like, a few screenshots and some cells, and that's what we knew of the movie before it was all over the internet, people thought it was, like, this glorious, beautifully animated, you know, movie. Like, this this thing that's just so much better than anything we got. And then when you actually watch it, like, no, it's just an hour-long advertisement. And it's kind of a lot of walking. Like, it's 50% walking. Um, much like the game. <laughs> so, and then, like, it's rare because it was only put out on that video... On rental cassette, not like a regular VHS. Only VHS rental stores carried this movie on VHS and Betamax. Wow. So th there is a possibility that a fan will make a fan pressing of a Blu-ray or a DVD because someone apparently has the original negatives. Like they have a like a, a millimeter print of this movie and they have teased like oh well maybe one day I'll have I'll do like a fan release because Nintendo will not acknowledge it um so there is hope that at least it'll get some sort of a physical copy that will be easily distributed uh cause we had to watch it via YouTube subs there is a uh a channel called Magiblot which did a subtitle and like cleaned up the video some um but what I I'm talking so much about this uh, what did you guys think? And then we'll get into the cast, because I think the cast, you have to kind of see the movie first and then go, what? That was who did this? I gotta be honest with you. If we weren't watching that thing on Rabbit, I don't know if I would have been able to get through it. It was very slow. Yeah, and I gotta say, like, I know the Mario Brothers are a little uncanny and maybe a little unorthodox with how they solve problems, but I have never seen such casual levels of catastrophic destruction in my life before. It's, I've never seen so much done by doing nothing. It's crazy. Also, straight up saying in a Mario movie, you have to get the Triforce. I immediately was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, that's so, that was so confusing. Oh my gosh. They're like, yeah, the Triforce, the mushroom, star, and flower. And I was like, that's that not the Triforce. That had literally never existed. Literally never existed. And I'm like, Nintendo, you're better than this. <laughs> but I like, I really just, I, I thought it was way too campy for its own good. Also, Luigi was literally a meme because he was blue and yellow. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah. Like, it just... I don't know why they made him blue. Like, why they didn't just keep him green? Maybe it was, like, a color thing with, like, the backgrounds. I don't know. But I, I that was just weird to me because even in the first Mario game, Luigi was green. Mm. So, well, and Bowser Luigi's was just... I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he got, like... He was, accidentally taking estrogen pills or something i have no oh, idea but he was the biggest sissy i've ever said i have much stronger words just for your viewers at home i have a lot of words none of them i can use here but my goodness bowser was just 
He was really bad. lame. Really lame. Well, he was played by Akiko Wada, who is a woman. She is a Japanese soul singer and also the Japanese dub voice of Marge Simpson. Well, no, it wasn't even the Goku's voice. Goku's played was... by a woman, and he's much more badass than yeah, that. Yeah, so it wasn't even the voice actor or actress in this case. It was really just the dialogue and how the character behaved. It's like, this is nothing like the lizard that we've come to know in quote-unquote fear. Yeah. One, he's a turtle, not a lizard. <laughs> Two, um, I think it, it's kind of the beginning of uh, the whole, like, oh, Bowser is very in love with Peach, that's why he kidnaps her, and, like, you could do that, like, I don't think there's a problem with showing him, like, there's that scene in the castle where, uh, he's like, oh, no, please, you know, I'll, I'll you know, he's kind of being more, like, uh, generous with her, and I think that works, because, you know, the kind of, the, the joke is, oh, he's very tough and evil, Outside, but when it's just him and Peach, he turns into a big softy because he has a crush on her. That can be funny, but then, you know, he does kind of seem just whiny and bratty rather than uh, monstrous or evil. Like, I mean, to go to the American super show, like, he's just this very angry, like, stereotypical, like, wah-ha-ha, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's fun. Like, it's very, you know, it's evil in quotation marks, but it's it's funny and it works, but here it's, it's there's not enough, enough teeth to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, anytime they played that transition song, like, just because of how, like, 80s it was, oh, I wish my mind I immediately... Because I wanted to sing it that. So, it was dumb, but, like, my mind immediately went to Let's Fighting Love from South Park. <laughs> it's like, I didn't want it to, but I'm just like, this just reminds me of this. And like, this isn't a good song. And they keep playing it and showing yep. the same clip every time they get a new no, item. No, no, no. It's not the same clip. It's the same walking animation on a different, on a slightly different background. So it's not quite the same. Oh, you my can't bad. Say <laughs> and it's the same song, slightly remixed in a new way. Is it though? Is it? Like, like every, I didn't know. Yes, I, I have like that three all. or four versions of the same damn song, but they all have slight variations, <laughs> and it's like it feels like this song goes on forever. Like it, fifty percent of the movie. It's not because it feels like it. It's because it does. Fifty percent of the movie yeah. is walking. Like you could make this a thirty-minute thing and it'd be fine, and then the other fifty, like or fifty uh, percent, is walking animations. Like that Spongebob clip of him basically. like just walking down the street. That's basically this movie. Like, in the beginning, when Peach pops out of the TV, I was just like, oh, so they've been taking mushrooms early in this one. <laughs> like, just, it was... Yeah. I, I knew, I know what they were trying to do. I just legitimately don't think they did anything really well in this in this yeah. movie. I mean, Mario like, the food thing, I could understand, but not in, like, the critical moment. Like, I'm gonna win. Oh, just kidding. I'm gonna eat first instead and lose the vital thing that I need. That Luigi, was really dumb. Yeah, Luigi was greedy. Like, 
I can understand him being like gold focused, but like that was just like way over. It like worked in the movie, I suppose. They were at least consistent, but that was kind of weird too. Yeah, yeah. They they go for a sort of Alice in Wonderland take because the the story yeah. opens with Mario playing. I don't know the title, but it is an actual Famicom game. He's playing a game on his Famicom, and Luigi's like, "Oh, it's time to go to bed," and he's like, "Now I'm gonna stay up." And then like as soon as Luigi like goes off screen for like two seconds, like. Uh, the game switches over to Princess Peach, like, like, fending off these monsters, and then she jumps out of the TV like Samara from the ring, and, (laughs) and, like, all of the enemies from the first Mario game, or the first Super Mario game, come out of the screen, and then, like, they vanish, and then Peach is like, oh, hi, thanks for saving me by doing nothing, so I guess you're my designated love interest for the movie. Um. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And he sees her brooch, uh, which they, they the translators call a necklace, even though in Japanese she says brochi. It She's saying brooch very clearly. I don't know why they translated that, but it is drawn as a necklace, I guess. Um, I, I, and, I think that's probably something you can't look too hard into because old translations are like, you know. But um, then Bowser comes out of the TV and steals Peach, and then Mario's like, well, I guess... We have to go save her. He, she, her necklace, her brooch is left behind, and they work at a grocery store because you know Mario Brothers, the plumbers. They no, but it, it if he wasn't even that though, he was just like just thinking about her all the time. And what like how is he going to rescue her? So it wasn't like you know let's go like he said that, but then it quickly just became to like I'm just going to think about her all the time, which was and that's when okay. they meet Kibidongo, who is this weird. Uh, his name is because he looks like a dongo, like the, the food, but he looks like a wiggler and a dog had an unholy ma- mating and created <laughs> this thing. Like he looks like the wiggler caterpillars from the Mario games, but he's blue and has dog ears mm-hmm. and a big nose. Yep. Um, and he oh, just goes, bark, on. bark. Um, that kind of it's, it's a very interesting <laughs> bark. I will give him that. It's like, it's like if you were like, we need someone to play the dog, and he does have a voice actor, like a, a, a an actual voice actor. But it sounds like this. They, they went to one of the ADR guys. Is like, can you do a dog noise? And he goes, wah wah. And he's like, you know, go with that. Perfect. Roll film. Um, and then he leads them to the pipe that takes them to the Mushroom Kingdom, where they meet the Mushroom Hermit, who's this sort of uh, Gandalf figure, uh, played by. What, what, what was it? What do they call it? The Metal World? The Metal Kingdom at first? Because it used to be the Mushroom Kingdom. But the then Treasure Kingdom. Metal... Huh? He, they, they do call it the Mushroom Kingdom. He says, but this is also known as the legendary uh, Kingdom of Treasure because that's the oh, thing that right, gets right, Luigi right. excited. Um, yeah, And he's yeah, yeah. played by Kohei uh, Miyachi, who is Master Roshi. The, the joke is he's called the Turtle Hermit, in Dragon Ball, and here he's the Mushroom Hermit. It's like he switched sides, I guess. (laughs) Um, He basically goes, yeah, so you get the Triforce, which here is a mushroom, a flower, and a star. We're stealing from Hyrule. Um, And if you... That was... God. If you get these three... Bothered me so much. If you get these three things, uh, you can save uh, Peach from the Turtle Tribe, and their wedding is going to be on Friday the 13th, was a joke, because I think... Uh, in either Japan or America, the first Super Mario Brothers game was released on Friday the 13th, so I guess that's why they picked that particular day for the wedding, um, Mm. on top of it being, you know, a bad luck day. So Mario's like, okay, guess I'm doing this, and him and Luigi and their annoying dog sidekick, you know, (laughs) 
hightail it to the Mushroom Kingdom and run into various enemies, and it's it's drag. <laughs> yeah, it like they get into these situations, but they just kind of resolve themselves. They don't particularly do anything to really uh, take care of it. In fact, their own selfish and what would normally be considered negative character traits actually end up being beneficial in quite a few situations. It's interesting take on things. Yeah, I, I guess it was interesting, but at the same time, like, I just was having so much trouble trying to actually like any of these characters. Yeah. Because, yeah, but... Yeah, it, it's, it's because... It, it, I, like, I saw what it was trying to do, but I was just like, why didn't they have Mario consume the item of the Triforce, quote-unquote, that he got each time? Um, Like, why didn't they have him get more and more powerful each time and have like the the scale of the next challenge kind of go with like oh he's bigger now because he has the mushroom and like oh he just got the fire flower so show that off before just like they didn't even show him shooting fireballs i don't think yeah and what's with the pseudo mushroom princess thing going on like every time they find one of these mystical items of the triforce like how did how does she fit into any of this that, that was supposed to be the toads at the end of the ca- at the end of the castles. Oh, so in Japan, uh, if you've ever gone to the uh, there's this website I cannot remember what it's called. Uh, Legends of localization. There's actually an article. People in Japan, like like kids playing the bar games, were very confused if Toad was a girl or a boy. And so this this movie might have added to the misperception because for some reason, uh, all of the mushroom retainers are are like toad without the the pigtails they're they're very feminine we see regular toads like there's this brief like cut of like a, a toad village being ratted and normal looking ones run across the screen but other than that they're also these shapely mushroom nymphettes that uh the the the, the brothers run across mm-hmm. yeah now we got toadette so <laughs> they just made it even more obvious for us um <laughs> I find it difficult because, mm-hmm. like Ryan said, you don't really get to care about these characters because the Mario characters in and of themselves are very simplistic. Like that is, in a way, part of their charm is that they can be kind of applied to any. They can go go kart racing, or they can have a party, or they can, you know, play baseball or tennis or golf or whatever, or beat each other up in Smash Brothers. And you know, they're so kind of ubiquitous. That they kind of can do anything, but here that's a that's a detriment because it's like I don't care about them. Like I feel like, you know, if if someone were to ask me, would you rather watch this or the Super Show? I'm like, you know, the Super Show is wacky and we it very, it's it's rough. Like it's 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 on its own level of logic that works for it because they're really just kind of going into they're leaning into the crazy. At least, at least it had logic. Yeah, and the, this is just like well, you know, it's just. Like, my favorite character is Princess Peach. Like, my, my Twitter bio for a long time. Princess yeah, Peach I agree, Stan. actually. And then in this, I'm like, well, she's my favorite character still in this, but she's still kind of... You're like, you feel like she should be in a better movie, almost, because she's the only one that's kind of, like, smart, almost. I mean, yeah. I mean, she did try to trap uh, Bowser there for a little while. I'm successful yeah. for all about eh, six seconds. I mean, when, when Mario is on his mission to... The great mission to rescue her... Um, like, he's being heroic, yeah, but because it's just presented to us as walk cycles and, uh, and these sort of, like, milk toast victories over these enemies, 
it feels like Peach trying to trick Bowser or her like like banging her fists against him or like screaming or like really resisting is a lot more interesting and heroic than Mario just sort of like having another walk cycle. That's great. Like, I think my favorite of the walk cycles was there have the bullet bills just shooting all around them, and they're not even reacting at all. They're still walking. It's like, dude, you are literally being shot at. Why are you just you're just walking through there like it's nothing? What is happening here? No, that was like... Also, I love that their career now includes shopkeeper instead of plumber or construction crew yeah, or was... one of the myriad of jobs that the Mario Bros have had over the years. I mean, doctor, health inspector. I mean, just, you know, small list, small list. It, this movie just, I, I, I'm glad I got to share it because I'm glad that I'm not the only one who's like, I, I have to make sure people are as broken by it as I am. Um, because it, it's one of those things I feel like if you say Mario in the 80s had an anime movie that was done by someone who did like Hello Kitty and like had a bunch of Toei voice actors and stuff like that, you'd be like excited. But then when you see it, it's a very... It's a letdown. <laughs> if, if anything, I have a much bigger appreciation for the Saturday cartoon shows that we got because, like, those I actually have nostalgia towards, and those are actually kind of, you know, they're campy, but, like, in a good way. I, I don't know what happened with the execution of this movie, but, like, uh, I, I mean, I, I just, that just means we don't have any good Mario films, and, like, depending on what happens with, if this other one ever gets made, I, I'm not hopeful based on the current track record. I mean, Danny Wells and Captain... That, that is my Luigi. That is my Mario. So, like, I'm content. I'm fine. Um, I do kind of want to go over the actors here. Uh, so, did any of the voices sound familiar for either of you? No, can't say that they did. Not really, but I'm also... I'm also very bad at noticing Japanese voices because it's not my language, so I can't really hear similarities very well. Um, but they, they were good, I thought, like for what they were. And also, 80s voice acting in general is campy oh, as yeah. hell. So Mario was played by Toru Furuya. He is Tuxedo Mask in Sailor Moon and Yamcha in Dragon Ball. Oh... So, you know, he's he's actually played Mario up in, maybe up into the 2000s at one point. Like, whenever Charles Martinet was not doing, like, the English voice, if they needed a Japanese Mario voice, he was still doing it. Um, oh, wow. So he was wow. actually yeah, he, the voice of Mario. Yeah, uh, he was the voice of Mario for the commercials, for this, for those other anime movies I mentioned. Uh, he was basically just the go-to voice for Mario for, like, at least the 80s and 90s. Um, Luigi is played by Yumizushima, and he was Ryo in the Devilman OVAs. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we've come full circle on that one, haven't we? It all wow. comes full circle. Ugh. Uh, important to me, he was, he, he was, uh, the titular Hikaru in Otaskeman. He was Toshio in Creamy Mommy. He is the Japanese voice actor of Yako Warner and Luke Skywalker. Huh. So he also plays, uh, when, uh, he plays the voice for Mark Hamill in all the dubs of the Star Wars movies. So, oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, again, kind of a weird pedigree to have to this movie. Also, I just noticed hmm. you said he, he, he plays the dub of Mark Hamill. I think you mean Luke Skywalker. <laughs> he does. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I meant that, like, he, like, plays, like, sometimes voice actors will do, like, a certain actor, so, like, anytime it was a Mark Hamill role. Oh, so he does Mark Hamill period, for anything. Okay. I mean, not anything, but, like, anything, like, probably in that era. Like, if there was, like, a non-Star Wars movie that he was, it's weird. I'd have to explain that later. Um, Peach is played by Mama Yamase, who was a pop idol. Uh, her songs are in the soundtrack, so that slow, like, song where Mario's imagining himself dancing with Peach, that's her. Um, she later retired to be a talent manager with her husband, so good for her. Okay. Living, living, mm. living her best life. All right. Um, as I mentioned, Bowser slash Koopa, as he is known in Japan, uh, is played by Kiko Wada. Uh, she is kind of like a... Someone called her the Japanese Roseanne once. I don't know if that's like a fair comparison, but she's kind of got like a deeper voice. She's a soul singer. She's more of a more like a uh, uh, comedian sort of actress. Uh, she also has a mech based on her in one of the Gatterman episodes. Like they have a mech based on her that she voiced. So uh, interesting career choices that she's had. Uh, Mushroom Hermit was again played by the guy who played uh, Master Roshi in Dragon Ball, uh, Kohei Miyachi. Uh, the Turtle Priest, the guy who actually does Bowser and Peach's wedding, which is what I guess you'll be doing eventually, uh, Ryan, maybe just in a less weird circle. <laughs> He's my spirit uh, animal. He is played by Joji Inami, who is Grocky in Time Boken, Boyaki in Yatterman, and in Dragon Ball, he is the narrator, he is Dr. Brees, he is King Kai, and he is Bobbity. <laughs> wow. He is like the Dragon Ball voice actor, and he's recently, uh, because he's he's older, uh, he's had health problems, he's retired from doing, uh, he no longer does Time Boken shows or Dragon Ball, and it's like, I miss him so much, because like, his voice are just so ubiquitous to those two series for me. Right. Um, but I was like, oh, wait, he's the priest. He he played a turtle preacher. That's That's gotta be interesting on your resume. Well, maybe I'll... Maybe when I'm doing the ceremony, I'll, like, rip off of his a bit. <laughs> so just wave some maracas and go, oh. <laughs> I, I don't like it. Like, yeah, we, have I, such I, an in, we have such an interesting glimpse into uh, Koopa culture because there's, there's this big bonfire and they're sort of walking around with bowls and singing. And then the, when the preacher comes out, he has these hearts. I thought that when they were doing that, that it was, like, one of those, like, medieval things where they were like pushing a big wheel and like each one of them was like pushing a piece of it you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah like i when I, it was only when they actually went close up that i was like wait they're just walking around in circles <laughs> with bowls of food what the heck are they doing oh man it's so weird and then the the preacher comes out and has this weird like heart shaped it looks like two maracas and he just starts shaking them and like moaning and banging his staff on the ground and i'm like oh it's just so nice that we're we're going to see, like, a, a piece of anthropological history here. Uh, the, the merging of two kingdoms' cultures, the mushrooms and the turtles, and their, uh, yeah. <laughs> Were there any other scenes that just kind of broke you? Because I could name some. There weren't any real scenes, but there was one thing I noticed, like, the soundtrack occasionally spliced in, like, the straight-up game-level music. But yeah. the one track... Or, or the game sounds, too. Right, yeah. But, like, the one track that they used a weird... Not a weird, but, like, a different remixed version of was the underwater theme. They didn't yeah. ever use the actual Mario Bros. one. I don't know why. If I had to sum up uh, the scene that I feel like really encapsulate that, encapsulates that movie, 
uh, it was when they had left the piranha plant forest, and they just all died a horrible, horrible death in the background. Yeah, they committed I, a small I, genocide there. I, I could just imagine some some poor like Koopa news reporter going out like, "Sir, you just killed the entire piranha population. What did you do to make it happen?" We just got here. Yeah, pretty much. That was uh That was that was a weird scene in general. Like the whole thing was just kind of but it, you know, it stayed true to the rest of the theme. Like, you know, not doing anything is like, oh, we just happened to fix it. Okay, <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> yeah, I'm just. It's gonna be you're gonna be hard pressed for me to actually find like merit in anything for this. And I hate sounding pessimistic, but that's just kind yeah, of how I, it is this time. I feel like if all the media I I've scene of mario this one's probably the most far removed from like the core premise i don't know i have actually seen the super mario bros movie okay okay it's the 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 most removed thing as far as animation goes okay (laughs) yeah because the other that that oh okay i'm not including you mean the mario bros don't have an apartment in brooklyn (laughs) As in the Mario Bros. Super Show? Uh, well, like, but even then, like, they still had the cartoon going on. They still had their own universe going on. So it was kind of like, you take the good with the bad, you know? You say it's the worst, John, but you've yet to see the limited animation of the Snow White OVA, where Bowser is the evil queen and poisons Peach, and then literally, like, does a Superman pose and flies off into the sky back to his castle after successfully poisoning her. I don't know. He's kind of he, he's kind of gotten flight powers in the later games, and like I see, I already know that those are built to be around those stories that just subbing in the Mario characters. So that, you know that's fine. Like I don't just even taking... think the evil queen and Snow White flew. Yes. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but um, I, I I haven't consumed that media yet, so my statement still stands. Okay. So, any any sort of final thoughts on the Super Mario Brothers, the great mission to rescue Princess Peach? I mean, if you if uh, you want to get a better appreciation for the American-based shows, uh, yeah, watch it. If you're trying to look for a show that's so bad it's good, uh, there's other better ones for that. This uh, this is not one of them. For sure. I think one of its big cardinal sins is it's just boring. Um, they're, they're part, like, I've, this is the bad thing. I've seen gifts from this movie that look good. Like, the one, uh, there's one from one of the commercials that was tied into this. It's, like, just Peach kissing Mario, and I think I were blogged on my Tumblr once. I was like, it's really cute. Like, the, the actual character designs are cute for the most part. I mean, Bowser's kind of going back and forth on how he looks, and, you know, uh, the, the dog is annoying, but... I think for the most part, like, it's cute, but it's just boring. Like, it's not interesting to watch. It's very much a so what. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you miss this one, it's not a very big miss. But we haven't talked about yeah. the most important part, and that is the ending. Oh, my gosh. You mean where Mario basically gets rack-jacked by the dog? <laughs> a dog? Yeah, basically. Yeah. 
So I mean, it was the dog, right? I'm not. I'm not remembering no, that. Let me, right? You're not wrong. You're technically not wrong. So let me explain for our, our listeners at home because I honestly do not expect them. I mean, it's on YouTube. I don't expect them to waste an hour out of their lives to to, to watch this. So uh, Mario beat. Hey, I did it. So can they. <laughs> so Mario defeats Bowser in a method very similar to Mario 64 he swings him around by the tail um, and then yeah. you know, everything turns back to normal Princess Peach's castle is back and she's like oh thank you Mario oh and thank you for giving me my necklace I, there's another necklace that's supposed to belong to my fiance or whatever and then the dog starts glowing and turns into like this quote-unquote pretty boy prince type named Prince Hardu from the Flower Kingdom. He's like, thank you, Mario. This is my wife now. And yeah. basically, Mario gets friend-zoned by a dog. <laughs> by a dog with, in a pink, puffy, like, prince outfit and green hair. Oh, God, he was so flamboyant. So flamboyant. Like, he wasn't flamboyant as a character. Like, he said, he's like, thank you, Mario. No, no, but then he, he looked he was so ridiculous. He, he acted regal, he talked regal, but, like, just the, just so flamboyant with the way he dressed. Flamboyant? Yes, that's the word. Yes. Uh, I think that's the thing that makes it worse. It's the fact he looks so weird and sounds so, like, normal. Yeah, and, like, they, you, they've had uh, media where Mario gets spurned by Princess Peach. Like, he rescues her, and then it's like, oh, well, you're not dating or nothing, but, like, she appreciates you. Yeah, there you go. Like, they didn't have to introduce, like, Prince Wonderchild over here to just kind of, like, <laughs> just put another nail in the coffin for Mario. Jeez. Yeah, but, I mean, like, the entire time she was, like, clearly, like, you know fawning over Mario and then she's just like oh yeah I actually have a boyfriend sorry it reminded <laughs> me of high school <laughs> oh oh yeah yeah let's not let's like... not go down that dark hole <laughs> <laughs> no it was just like that's kind of just like what it felt like to me it was just like oh thanks for rescuing me it's like hey uh so you you doing anything later oh I have a fiance <laughs> oh like it, it was yeah. kind of and then, it, she, it and then she follows up with, are you sure you can't stay? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to need some time <laughs> away from each other for a little yeah, while. Yeah, it, it was just, ugh. I thought that was Oh, very... and then, like, Bowser took over, like, the freaking grocery store back at home. That's what I was just yeah. going to ask. Yes, at the very end, like, you see the little old lady from the very beginning coming in for groceries, and then she looks, and it's Bowser, and the Koopa Troopas behind the counter and she just does like yeah. a weird shrug and the game over music starts <laughs> yeah so that just raises the question what are the Mario Bros going to do when they see their shop has been taken over by the Koopa King they had just uh, uh, dethroned moments earlier John John please you don't understand he's doing community service yeah, that was he the sentence. He literally stole their shop. As a character, Luigi literally is not going to let that stand because that's money that he just lost a lot of. There's no way he's going to take that lying down. I'm so glad I got to talk about this with you guys because it's it's something and we needed a filler episode so this will be our filler episode this will be this will be the thing where Austin's like we, we're, we're like behind on something here we'll just slap out this stupid thing Sully came up with dang it Sully you're not supposed to give away our secret formula yet come on yeah we can edit that uh, out John um. John me and you we are going to yeah. we need to convince Austin to let us do a bonus episode that's us talking about the Super Mario Brothers Super oh. Show and the Legend of Zelda cartoon 
yes, that would be awesome. I would talk. That that's going to be like a very long bonus episode because we could probably talk about that forever. Probably. I'd have, I'll have to like re. I'll have to like rewatch all of that if I'm going to hop in on that because that is. I like, mean, it's on Netflix. That is not something I've watched in a while. It's, uh, oh, it's I know. on Netflix. It's just not something I've watched in a long time. It's on Netflix, but not the Zelda cartoons. Uh, so you have to go on YouTube, or you have to get the DVDs to go watch the Zelda ones. And it's kind of sad because Elvira guest starred twice. Oh, really? But only on the Zelda episodes. Yeah. Or you could just kind of stumble upon them on the internet, like, you know. They're on YouTube. Like, there's several <laughs> copies on YouTube. There's so much weird stuff. that The like, Mario Ice Capades. King Koopa's cool cartoons, which always gets people yeah. just broken bowser hosted which was the one which was the one that like featured the koopalings that was su- the that adventures was super of super mario, mario brothers 3 okay yeah, yeah, yeah um but yeah there was actually a show in southern california where someone wore a bowser costume and like hosted like a bozo the clown style show where he hosted cartoons I remember reading that, and, and that just sounds like something that I just don't want to see i just want to keep oh, i don't i don't it's want lost. to oh Okay. There's only a few clips, and I have them in my panel, and every time they pop up, like, the audience just, like, reels back in terror, and I'm like, yes, look upon my work, she mighty, and despair. <laughs> Sully, we're friends, right? Yes. You're going to spare yes, her, right? Yes, we are. This is a genocide run, John. <laughs> oh, no. This is a genocide. No. Oh, <laughs> uh. I'm sure it's bound to happen sooner or later. We'll eventually have to talk about the Fire Emblem OVA as well, because that is, like, a very juicy bit. As somebody who's a huge Fire Emblem fan, I've already subjected myself to that, but I haven't watched it in a very long time, so I'm interested to see if it still is what I remember. But Marth! I love that guy. (laughs) Yeah. I think I watched it in Japanese the first time. Oh, the dub is even worse. And it has some interesting choices for uh, dub actors, but I, w- I oh, will boy. leave until we do that. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys have any social media to plug, anything? Uh, we need to talk about the fact we are... Uh, the Third Impact Group is going to animes, but we've all submitted some panels, so hopefully... Uh, will be going there and doing stuff. I know I submitted my Nintendo panel I've been talking about, so if you've heard this podcast and you're like, God, this sounds horrific, I want to know more, well, boy, do I have the show for you. <laughs> there will also be a couple of us at Momo at the same time, because um, Animazement and MomoCon are both on Memorial Day weekend, and we had, we planned this like since last year, so we're kind of at the point of no return right now, even though most of us are going to be at Animazement. But, um... Yeah, I got three panels for Momo, and yeah. Also, uh, personally, Midshelf Gaming is actually get sticking to its schedule of one video every two weeks, so check us out on YouTube. We are still a Babby channel, and we need 100 subscribers so we can get a permalink, because anytime somebody asks me, I'm just like, yes, this is our link. It's really long and not easy to remember. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, we're having fun with that, though. Um, our next topic is ninja games. We most recently talked about Metroidvanias. I've mm. seen you guys' videos, and I they are really well done. So I give you my seal of approval. Yeah, I'm the one who does all the editing on them. So personally, 
I'm just like, I get exhausted from them because I'm just like, okay, Will wanted me to show two seconds of this one clip because it's funny. Here's an hour of footage. Where is it? <laughs> so yeah, editing is definitely, it will take a lot out of you. It no, editing, editing is a pain, so I've actually gotten into a rhythm of it, though. But I, I'm enjoying it, and I'm getting better. At least I think I am. If I'm not, and if you watch Midshelf Gaming, please comment so I know what I'm doing wrong, because I need feedback. <laughs> Ryan, you can be found on Twitter at MidshelfRyan, correct? And then Midshelf Gaming is the YouTube? Uh, yeah, we also have a Midshelf Gaming Twitter, but uh, I need to I need to uh, beat Will into uh, do- using it more. <laughs> And John, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I go by the Gentle Jan, and you also need to beat me into using Twitter more because I almost never use it. So I will I'm on... get on that. <laughs> but I'm on Twitter. I got a SoundCloud. Uh, I do music on the side, so there's that. Check too. out his mixtape. Yeah, you hear it's... that, John? That's me <laughs> with the nightstick. <laughs> oh no, that's not what it oh. sounds like. <laughs> Oh god, but yeah, uh, Twitter and SoundCloud, and uh, if there, I pop up anywhere else that has meaningful content, I'll let you guys know. All right, and if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Calvacun. That is C A L V A underscore K U N. That is a wrap from Third Impact Anime. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. See you guys.